Hello, and welcome back to the Morbid Museum. We are your hosts, Katie Mead and Luke Boyd. Hi, everyone. Our presidential uh, retrospective continues, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in this month of February. On today's pod, we will be discussing the medical history of the 35th president of the United States, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. (gasps) No! (laughs) So, (laughs) oh dear. Oh, was so surprised you told me. (laughs) Luke and I usually know what we're doing beforehand. We plan out the episodes quite a bit. This was a total surprise. I was like, I'm not going to disclose because we also know so much about the presidents at large. So much is known about them. And, you know, the sort of conceit of the podcast is that one person is the is the knowledge giver. The other one is the the hot taker. So I thought that'd be kind of fun. So JFK is one of the youngest chief executives ever elected. And Kennedy's image of health and vigor or vigor signaled a (laughs) new. (laughs) Oh, is it going to be a lot of that today? It's coming. It's coming. A lot of Boston, (laughs) a lot of Boston accents. So sorry, everyone. (laughs) So Kennedy's health signaled a new generation of energized leadership for the 1960s, but Kennedy was concealing a myriad of medical issues, which would have, of course, undermined his electoral appeal. He was seen as this healthy guy, but that was a complete myth. He was slain, of course, by an assassin's bullet in 1963. So the what-ifs around Kennedy swirl about a history not lived, a life not lived. Mm. Um, One could argue that his poor health may have cut his life short anyway of natural causes. So Kennedy is one of my favorites. So Katie, (laughs) what what comes to your mind when you first think of JFK? Oh, first? Assassination. (laughs) Yeah. I think very quickly thereafter, Bay of Pigs, uh, war veteran, back problems, Marilyn he, Monroe. <laughs> he was the Bay of Pigs, let me tell you. <laughs> he was a pig. He was both a Bay and a pig <laughs> from everything I've heard about him. But you're right. His assassination kind of eclipses a lot of his presidency. It it's yeah. so shocking. It's one of the most traumatic moments in American modern yeah. history. That our family members recall. Yes. You know, because we're, we're sort of the children of a Kennedy generation. Yes. So they have memories of that, which is crazy because there's a huge gap in terms of when the previous president was assassinated. Yes. And it was interesting to think about, yeah, not only when they were assassinated, but like I think the last president to die before Kennedy was FDR. It was FDR. Yeah. So that was like a big trauma. And of course, FDR died of old age and, you know, a lot of health problems oh, um, yeah, in his too. 60s. But we're coming on the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination this year. 2023. Crazy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Nuts. So we're getting farther and farther away from that in memory. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what's really fascinating about JFK is he's he's one of the more accessible modern presidents. He comes through the transom of the television. He's got Hollywood looks. He's got a beautiful wife, Jackie Kennedy. So he's a real Hollywood celebrity type of elected official, which was not the deal before. (laughs) Hardly. (laughs) 
You didn't have to form two sentences. You didn't have to have good teeth. You didn't have to have a lot of things, you know, no. going for you. You just had to fill a suit and have a pulse. <laughs> know some people, and that's about it. In the case of Calvin Coolidge, barely a pulse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Same uh, Woodrow Wilson, also. Yes. <laughs> barely oh, a pulse. God, poor thing. Um, so presidents have concealed medical conditions and maladies since basically the inception of the office. And there's a few examples that we could look at just to kind of set the window dressing here. Yeah. Um, you know, and two of them, of course, come to mind were those that you mentioned last week, Katie. Uh, William Henry Harrison, his administration completely understated the fact that he was very ill within mm -hmm. a few weeks after the inauguration, which we know was born from what they thought was his exposure to the cold, but was actually more informed by the bacteria in the water supply. Zachary Taylor's administration also refused to disclose that the president was suffering from cholera after binging all that ice cream and cherries on the 4th of July. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, same. Cherry Garcia. Death by Cherry Garcia. <laughs> Terrible. It's awful. <laughs> oh, man, that is not the ice cream flavor I want to go out on. <laughs> it's Terrible. a classic. I love a good oh, cherry. Ew. I love a good cherry. Um, but yes, I think like a cookie dough would be my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah give me the, the last one. Give yeah. me the raw egg. Right. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I got nothing left anyway. <laughs> so also consider Grover Cleveland, our 22nd and or 21st and 23rd. I always get those confused. President twice. Oh yeah. He's got the um, gap. Yeah. He's the, the two for president. Um, <laughs> Cleveland had a major surgery in, in the 1890s where a huge cancerous growth was removed from his awful mouth. story. Oh, disgusting. disgusting. He, has like a, he has like a prosthesis piece in his like jaw to like keep his jaw from sinking in. People didn't know that he had that surgery until after he died. It's crazy. Crazy. And you know, these surgeries were very risky in, in that time. And so they went to great lengths to not, to not reveal that because the idea is that this man is that man or woman is that is at the helm of the United States. Yeah. They're clothed in immense power and it's literally a power that's invested in them for their for their natural life in the in the term of their presidency. Yeah. So if this president or this person is seen as having any medical issue, it's of course ammunition for the enemies, but also it erodes the public trust in the office. And so there's been this superhuman kind of you know, desire for our presidents to be, you know, really vigorously healthy. Well, you also left out um, FDR, one of Richard the most Wilson. important presidents who concealed his illness from the West Wing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So, yes, Jed Bartlett suffered from MS. And that, how, do you, how could you? And Jed? only and only Stockard Channing knew. It was so bad. It was so, <laughs> so rough. Bad. You can't do that. You can't do that. That was rough. <laughs> that was rough. Um, but others, you know, there are plenty of others. You mentioned Woodrow Wilson, our buddy. He had a stroke. And he was basically just like you know, a vegetable for the last 18 months of his presidency. Yeah. His wife all but had her hand up his shirt, like turning into a, <laughs> she a had his hand puppet. up. She had his hand up his shirt. And then she's like signing executive orders and shit. Yeah. She's like doing it. Edith, yeah. She's fucking going. Yeah. Brilliant. And of course the grand poobah of presidential concealer of medical history would be FDR. Yeah. Who literally, you know, could not walk for the duration of his presidency, suffering from polio for a long time. And what's amazing is that TV and news media was beginning, but the administration of FDR went to great lengths to conceal or soften the image of FDR. And the media was complicit in yeah. that, which is well, they, completely they wanted thing. it. Yeah. And so I, they were a lot of like tricks and things about how they would have him stand. Yes. To make it seem like 
he just walked around versus yeah. him immediately having to go into a wheelchair. The Ken Burns Roosevelt series unearthed some crazy footage that I had never seen before. Where I've never seen it. Oof. So the most salient one I'll share is FDR is appearing at like a baseball stadium. And so there's like this stage on the field mm-hmm. and his huge like Duesenberg car rolls up onto the stage mm. and he turned in the car and just propped up so he could just speak at a lectern like right in front of the car so it's like his so unsafe it's so (laughs) weird and then the crazy thing is like you see the camera keeps rolling when he like dismounts he basically just trust falls back into the car i hate that it was i'm just getting chills thinking about it that's so crazy freaky thing and that's the thing is that what ken burns shows in that piece is that the cameras were rolling they just edited that shit out yeah. Which is just incredible to think about, you know, whereas Kennedy knew the cameras were on him and they were really, you know, scrupulous. And he went to great lengths to manipulate his image even further because 15, 16 years later, the media is a lot more savvy and there's a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, that relationship is kind of over. And lucky for him, he at least had the good looks to help him. He did. He could, he could hide behind those. He could hide behind them. And he had this amazing frame, this amazing look and this full appeal. But it was literally he was rotting from the inside. So. Kennedy was determined to win at all costs, and the Kennedys paid at least $12 million in 1960 money to to gain the office. I would say not just John F. Kennedy was desperate for him to win. I'd say yeah, it's Joe his, his father. Kennedy. It's and it's Joseph's twelve million that gets him the office. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, the Kennedys were this Irish American family. They're uh, about third generation or so when they get to JFK, and uh, there's this desire within the family, within Joseph P. Kennedy, to have his family, you know, claim power for themselves, for the Irish Americans, for the Kennedy dynasty. And his eldest son is killed in World War II, yeah. uh, Kennedy's JFK, JFK's brother. And so the mantle of the presidential hopes fall on the sickly young Jack, which we will discuss. So JFK is born in May of 1917 in Boston. He is the second eldest of nine children born to Joseph and Rose Kennedy, that poor woman. I can't. <laughs> nine babies. Well, the worst birth, of course, being uh, Rosemary. Yes. That story's horrible, too. Horrible. (laughs) And so Rosemary Kennedy, of course, being hospitalized for um, mental issues, mental illness, and uh, having a lobotomy at a young age, which was seen as all the rage, which, you know, really imperiled her for the rest of her life. And all because her mother was having precipitous labor and the nurse kept shoving her back in right. saying that you got to wait for the doctor. The doctor's not here yet. So mm. she suffered serious brain damage as a result. It's absolutely abhorrent. And the Kennedy kids are victims of their parents' ignorance of their own medical conditions, but also the doctors of the time did a yes. number on these kids. Completely. Really bad. So Kennedy suffered from a sickly, youthful existence, not unlike one of our favorites, Teddy Roosevelt. You know, you must make your body, you must exercise through your, your illness. But unlike Teddy Roosevelt, Kennedy never really gets better. Ever. Very different ailments, though. Teddy had horrible asthma, which he learned to deal with through vigorous exercise. He just powered through it. He just powered through it. Drink lots of coffee. Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Smile a lot. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Smile a lot and pretend you're fine. Yes. Have big teeth. Carry a big stick. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That's how that saying goes. Chicklets. Yes. Um, Big chiclet teeth. Carry a big stick. (laughs) Um, So it starts really early. In 1920, 
Jack catches scarlet fever, which mm. puts him in the hospital for two weeks, several weeks, and he also ends up in a main sanatorium. So we're going to be talking about a lot of his medical history, which was revealed about 20 years ago when a lot of these papers that had been sealed and concealed for a long time came to light. So historians would parse through these documents, and they've been picking at them for the last 20 years or so. And this really pokes a lot of holes in JFK's um, aura and his cult of personality. And what I like about this is that what you see through this experience is like all the places Kennedy went to convalesce. Like he was touring the oh, country from a bedside, <laughs> which is just terrible. So he starts out in a I main. I mean, it's how I want to tour the country. <laughs> I'm in Maine at a sanatorium. I'm three. What the hell? Um, and it's again also due to their privilege. They could they sent yeah. him, they sent him everywhere because they had the money to do it. So at in 1930, at the age of 13, JFK suffers from fatigue, stomach pain, and weakness, and he collapses while attending school at the Canterbury School in Denbury, Connecticut, which is a boarding school. Awful. And so the the schoolmaster like catches him as he's collapsing and he's sent to a local hospital and he was diagnosed with appendicitis and operated on in Danbury. Despite this, uh, his health did not improve. He would improve for like six months after a procedure like that. And then eventually he would swirl back into a downward spiral. When he matriculated into the Choate School, a high school boarding school in Connecticut, Jack continued to experience abdominal pain fatigue and he would not gain weight he was always very thin when he was yeah. young um he was 117 pounds in 1932 <gasps> oh so my skinny God. so skinny and so yeah the 1932 he is uh what 27 so he's yeah uh, yeah he's uh he's in his teens um so he turns so he's 15 so he turns 16 in 1933 becomes very sick again is rushed to the new, new haven hospital the doctors are monitoring his blood they think he has leukemia that, oh, was, Jesus. that was the thought in 1933. Um, in 1934, Jack was sick again and was sent to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. The best. And this, yeah. And Jack endures many tests, but doctors could not get to the root cause. Now, this is where we hear from Jack. He writes to his friend, Lem Billings. Lem Billings was a choke schoolmate, and Lem Billings was gay. So a lot of the gay theories of Kennedy swirl around the, his lifelong friendship with Lem Billings. <laughs> and so he writes to Lem. I love the Lem story. He writes to Lem, God, what a beating I'm taking. I've lost eight pounds and still going down. I'm mm. showing them a thing or two. Nobody is able to figure out what is wrong with me. All they do is talk about what an interesting case I am. Wild. Wild. Days later. Another letter to Lem, and it gets kind of graphic here, folks, just as a warning. I've got something wrong with my intestines. In other words, I shit blood. In other oh. words, I shit blood. I shit blood. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I went through the most harassing experience of my life. A doctor stuck an iron tube 12 inches long and one inch diameter up my ass. Oh. My poor bedraggled rectum is looking at me very <gasps> reproachfully these days. <laughs> like... The image of Kennedy, like in a mirror, like looking at his ass, like <laughs> awful, awful, <laughs> awful. <laughs> My ass, Lem, it's hurting more than when we fucked last night. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> hurts more than that uh, pool cue that we played with the other day. <laughs> Stop it. So he's got this ebullient, uplifting spirit. And he's always putting a good face on He's got a great it. sense of humor. He's got a great sense of humor. And he's like, he, they're literally, you know, probing him constantly. And all he can do is smile. And he never betrays his suffering. He is suffering immensely his entire life. An immense pain that we can only imagine. But he never shows it. Hardly ever. At least in yeah. a public way. 
Yeah. So there's results from these various tests. Um, he has intestinal issues. He has colitis, which is chronic inflammation of the colon. So it it's makes terrible. sense that this is where it's coming from. And so it begins early in the 1930s. JFK begins a treatment of steroids that would continue his entire life, folks. <laughs> Womp indeed. We know we know that steroids are powerful drugs. They're helpful with inflammation, Absolutely. but they come with a great cost in terms of side effects. Long term, they are not an answer, generally now, speaking. Consider this. He starts treating, he starts steroid treatments in 1936-37. It continues his entire life. So when he was a teenager to when he died in his 40s, he was on steroids the entire time. It's a long time to be on steroids. That's yeah. horrible. And, and like you mentioned, long-term terrible effects. Horrible. Which, horrible side effects of steroids. Which historians are able to kind of make some connections there. Um, oh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So you fast forward about 10 years, JFK is diagnosed with Addison's <laughs> disease, yes. which is an insufficient production of cortisone and aldosterone in the adrenal glands, which rest right above your kidneys. And... Kennedy suffered from fatigue always and hyperpigmentation of his face. So the reason he was always going tanning is because he was either pale from being inside all the time or he had weird blotches on his weird skin blotches, from, yeah. from the Addison's disease. So he would just blast all that out with lots of tanning um, uh, going down to Florida to tan. Not and on so, the boat? In the <laughs> yes, harbor? Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> touch football. Uh, <laughs> two hand touch. Uh, this is bad. We're bad at this. <laughs> You're from Connecticut. You should be better at it. <laughs> Stop making fun of my accents. I have valid <laughs> accent powers, okay? <laughs> so, um, so for that treatment of Addison's, JFK is prescribed for more steroids. Jesus. So he's taking steroids for his colitis and for his Addison's disease. And um, he's taking antispasmodics to reduce inflammation. This sure. is a popular treatment of the time. Now get this, Katie. This is where it gets a little more interesting. Okay. So the popular uh, delivery system for steroids, which were experimental at the time, was deoxycorticosterone acetate, otherwise known as DOCA or DOCA. Okay. The way this stuff was delivered was it came in pellets. And it's not a pellet you would put in your mouth. Oh, it's no, it was pellet. a suppository? No, nope. you would implant it in your skin. What? I know. So there's a remembrance of a, a Kennedy associate named Paul Fay. In 1946, Paul Fay watches Jack take a little knife and cut beneath the surface of his skin <laughs> and place a doca tablet under his skin and then place a bandage over it. I hate that. I mean, you know, I have I have dear friends and people I know who have suffered from diabetes. I get squeamish thinking about, you know, the pricking of a finger, checking for blood. This is another level where you're lacerating yourself a little slice under the skin and you put the tablet under. And the idea was that the body heat would warm the tablet and it would just get absorbed into the bloodstream that way. There was no better way to do that. You're just <laughs> slicing yourself and putting in steroid pellets like this I'd rather is just do an injection jesus christ injection pills whatever so eventually steroid pills would be developed um but there's evidence to suggest that he was still pelleting for quite a while into his later years which is scary awful so with all we know about steroids now hysterians posit historians posit <laughs> that hysterians <laughs> Historians posit that the steroids given to JFK in his youth for his stomach issues brought on his Addison's disease because yeah. the steroids suppress adrenal function. So either Kennedy had 
Addison's and it was made worse, or it literally came out of the fact that he was taking steroids for all this for 10 years. Awful. And his chronic back pain that he suffered from throughout his adult life was a complete result of steroids because steroids reduce bone density. They do. So his yeah. spinal column is beginning to like collapse in his 30s. That's terrible. Oh my God. It is shocking. And he's <sighs> thinking these drugs are like saving his life. They're allowing him to function. They're fixing his problems, but they're creating additional problems. They're creating as we know. new problems. Yeah. So through his college years and into the 1940s, his health problems persist. Steroid treatments continue. His brother Robert remarked that he spent more days in bed than he did out in his life. He was always hospitalized. He was being bound from place to place. He would go for five or six months, have a crisis, be hospitalized, come out. This was his routine, his whole life. So it was really all he knew. Using his father's influence, which is insane, Jack was able to suppress his poor health from military doctors in World War II. I don't which, understand why he served. I want why? to see glory in the Pacific for my country. Yeah, you had yeah. a great time too. <laughs> this is a man this is a man who is steeped in history. He loved history, you know, in 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 those who knew him and in dramatic tellings of his life, he often is remarked as saying, I just wanted to be a historian, I wanted to be a professor. Um, so he knew that he had to meet history. He had to be a part of history. And how did you do that? You served in World War II. Yeah. My God. And you're right, Katie, he had a horrible time. For those of us who know the story of PT 109 in the Pacific. It's it's a terrible fucking story. My question is, did he take some pellets to go when he was right? How did he continue to take care of himself while he was overseas? Like he really is a liability, Huge. given the amount of health problems he has. Right. If they weren't torpedoed, something else could have gone down. <laughs> and of course, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but also like the memory of a, of a fallen president is very rosy. Everybody who served with him with the exception of very few confidants, had no idea that he was suffering from all this. They only knew he had a bad back because you can't hide that shit. If you can't turn, you know, when you like twist something in your back, you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> no, frozen. <I'm> fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. Um, I like so, standing like this. <laughs> yeah. So he's like in this metal boat with like one cushion being like, I'm fine. Um, you know, <laughs> Awful. It says and, a lot though about his character when we think of the many rich people throughout history men specifically who have done everything they can to get out of service yes he did everything he could to hide the fact that he shouldn't have been <laughs> that's right in the war that's right so it's it's it definitely says something about his uh his love of country yes and his sheer force of will yeah the fact that he would his just go in dogged knowing, determination knowing right? it's gonna hurt knowing it's gonna be yeah. damn painful and um, Jack's image of the silent sufferer is on full display here. His men have no, no idea that he's suffering. Um, and now many of us may know the amazing story of Kennedy's heroics in the Pacific. His boat is torpedoed, and he famously saves the life of one of his sailors by pulling him with his teeth to safety on a nearby island, which just makes my jaw ache thinking I about can't. it. I can't. But again, yeah. thinking about you being able to save the life of another person in this incredible physical feat. Of course, a lot of that one could argue is adrenaline and the heat of the moment. It had to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just thinking about how how vigorous he was also, you know, because Kennedy's known as something as a Lothario, like... <laughs> 
it couldn't have been fun for him to have sex like you know I mean, physically I unless he was know. really doped up i mean so which the this um the robert dalek and the other historians don't really touch on that because they're very sycophantic towards kennedy and mm. they really kind of avoid some of these other ideas um so Kennedy is becomes a war hero, um, and it's incredible given his suffering. Um, in 1944, he comes back to the States, and he has back surgery, which revealed osteoporosis. Un-fucking believable. 1944, this kid, osteoporosis. This a young baby, guy. A baby. So there's a huge risk in these surgeries, and the doctors are really aware of this because the steroids suppress your immune system. Right. So your yep. your risk for infection is really high, and he has to endure many surgeries throughout his life. And in fact, this back surgery would create an abscess that would also haunt him for the rest of his life. Not in, great. In not great. In 1946, this young war hero runs for Congress. He is skeletal. He is jaundiced. He has bulging eyes. We all know campaigns for political office are horrible now. They've always been bad. Um, really dangerous for your health. Um, going oh, these, they're exhausting. Political campaigns. Um, in 19, so he's elected to Congress, amazingly, again, with the Kennedy sort of political machine in place. Yeah. And he goes to England in 1947. And there, the English finally get to the bottom of his health and they diagnose him with Addison's, Addison's disease. They're the ones who figured it they out. They figured it out, which I thought was interesting. Okay. And a doctor tells Pamela Churchill, Winston Churchill's daughter and a family friend, because the Churchills and the Kennedys were actually chummy. Mm. Um, he says, that American friend of yours, he has not a year to live. And Kennedy, is, Kennedy is given last rites on the Queen what? Mary as it's sailing back to the United States. Oh my God. So he has these moments where he's constantly like, oh, he's about to die. Like, call the priest. Oh my God. Like, this is happening constantly. And what's happening? His brother is killed in an airplane explosion in World War II. His sister, Kathleen, is killed in an air airplane accident. There is so much death and fragility of life swirling around this guy his entire life. His sister is rendered, you know, basically um, mentally incapacitated by yep. horrible um, procedures. So it's basically like, you know, it's a it's a meat grinder this existence that we live in and you know make make use of every moment you have and that's a yeah. big theme in the history of JFK is this idea that he had to live every moment to the fullest because he knew his time was short. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. Absolutely. In the 1950s as he's serving in Congress, the bones in his spinal column begin to collapse. But <laughs> yeah, they're giving up. They're like, we're done. And bye. <laughs> bye, crunch. And so yeah, his vertebra are getting the space between them is shrinking. And by now, he has to use crutches a lot, which is a big visual cue for like, you know, you're not fit for this yeah, work. Yeah, that's not going to work. How are you going to walk, you know, from the Longworth building to the floor of the house to pass a bill, you know, all this stuff. And there's really little uh, Americans with disabilities consciousness in this time. So it's really tough. He could not bend to put a sock on. He had to walk sideways mm. going up and down stairs. Um, fucking hell how old is he at this point so in the, 19, in the 1950s yeah he's in his early 30s awful it's awful this is someone who should be on disability and like <laughs> relaxing and taking care of themselves yeah just writing books because he was a great writer yeah um, become, know, a, become a history professor like you there's so many yeah. other things you could be doing and that's what he did when he was convalescing from these surgeries he would write he wrote profiles and courage while he was in at bed rest his mind could not be shut off he was always active um which again i you know i am showing a big presidential boner for one of my favorites <laughs> here um so well if there was ever one to have a boner come on her. um <laughs> 
1954, he has yet another back surgery in which a metal plate is inserted into his spine and he nearly dies from a urinary tract infection. The priest is called again (laughs) for last rites again. And he lives again. They thought he'd never walk again. So they put in the plate. Then they go, you know what? We got to take that plate out. Let's do surgery again in like six more months. So they take the plate out because they think it's hurting him. The screws that are in the bone are removed, which necessitate a bone graft to his spine. This is really high-level medical stuff happening to this guy in the 1950s. This is crazy. Like, going back to, like, us talking about the operating theater, like, that surgery has to be new at that point. Yeah. And how they're experimenting. They're like, let's put a plate in. Eh. It's not working. Let's take it out. Well, like I don't mm. like how that looks. Let's move that over there. Yeah. And just like, you know, how <laughs> it's like, it's still not. Feng it's... Shui is fucking back. Well, if this guy had lived with plastic surgery, you know, he would have done all kinds of stuff. <laughs> oh, Jack. Yeah, probably. Well. Yep. So, he needed fucking stem cells or something. He, he really needed he some did. help. He did. He needed some Reiki. He needed some. <laughs> I would have loved that if he had some like new age Kennedy, like an alternate universe. He got into crystals in a big way. (laughs) Yes. There's a new moon in cancer. (laughs) I no longer have cancer. I am a witch. (laughs) Burn me at the stake. (laughs) My fellow witches. Um, Okay. So from 1955 to 1957, he was hospitalized nine times ferris nine for 45 days unbelievable she spends 45 days in the hospital for over two years his mobility worsens he's almost unable to bend and now he has arthritis girl yeah how could you not your bones are rubbing up against each other he suffers from prostatitis which is an inflammation of the prostate ouch oh my god yeah how did this guy ever have sex that's what i'm saying like his sexual like Again, you must, he must have liked pain to some extent. Or maybe, I don't know, that sex was such a departure from being in constant pain that it was worth it to be yeah. in a little bit more pain just to have something that felt good. Right. And he's like, maybe I'll just die having sex. That's not a bad way to go. <laughs> have as much sex as possible. Um, so, <laughs> so let's just recap here. His daily drug regimen or his you know semi-regular drug regimen includes steroids, prednisone, which... In the 1960s, late 50s, he takes new drugs that actually help his face fill out. They actually cause a moon, uh, moon face, which he steroids, loved. Steroids he loved that too. Yeah, they they pork you up because he always looks so thin. Yeah, so now he's like, now I look healthy. I look like I look hale and hearty. I look I look swollen. So the yeah. fact that like you know people are like he looks healthy, it's like yeah, because he's taking all these drugs because he's not well. It's just incredible. Um, and that's he wild. Gi- I haven't thought him, about that. I love that. It gives him this aura of health, um, yeah. which is amazing. So Jack was elated by this because it helps. He he was happy. All roads led to success. The, the, the ends justified the means. Um, during his 1960 presidential campaign, he had a special bag that was carried with the campaign at all times. It was a, a bag containing special medical support, a.k.a. drugs and lots of other incriminating stuff. And apparently he lost the bag while he, no! was, in, while he was in the state of Connecticut. And he like calls Abe Ribicoff, who was the governor of Connecticut at the time. He goes, you better find that bag because if you don't, it's going to be murder for me. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to kill me in the press, Abe. (laughs) God damn it. Oh, no. (laughs) So the bag was found. Oh, thank God. Which was, this was also a West Wing trope when they have the election for Jimmy Smith's and uh, Alan Alda. They, Jimmy Smith's 
they leave his bag behind and the uh, Alan Alda campaign finds it and they have a whole episode around that. Oh, um, they lifted really, that. I think they did. Yeah. yeah. And um, so there's more about this. Uh, during the race, Kennedy's Addison's disease was his diagnosis was leaked by LBJ. While he, no was trying to, while he was trying to get the Democratic nomination. And LBJ was a competitor. He was and such a fucking piece such of shit. Turd, such a turd. Oh, he was the, the worst operator. The turdiest. And he loved pooping in front of people, too, which which I'm surprised you haven't talked about by now. Well, um, and, then there, and then there's Jumbo. <laughs> we all know about him. <laughs> fucking huge-ass dong he loved to oh. talk about. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm surprised they didn't talk about that in The Crown. Um, <laughs> Large Johnson? <laughs> They did. They did. In the limericks. <laughs> In the limericks. That's a... Oh my god. Um. So so this uh, this diagnosis is leaked, and of course the Kennedy campaign denies it. He doesn't have Addison's disease. They get some quack doctors to issue clean bills of health. Talk about a conspiracy. Well, All... That's also crazy too, because it's not like it's uh it's something like super common either. Like if it's that specific. You're probably not making it. Probably up. <laughs> true, right? Yeah. Unless in instead of saying like, "Oh, he only has one eye," like you know, Addison's yeah. disease is so niche, and people people usually don't know, don't know what it is. And I think don't, without, don't even know what is it without exactly. Kennedy, I wouldn't have known what it is. I mean, it's, it has no. It's very rare, you know. Mm -hmm. Also, get this: evidence suggests that Richard Nixon, one of his rivals, uh, may have ordered thieves to steal medical records of JFK's New York endocrinologist. How? Dare you besmirch the good name of President Nixon? <laughs> he would never send in someone to steal something. That is not what he does. So what's great is that these burglars get to the endocrinologist. Was he just bad at hiring burglars, by he the way? He really was. He really was, that SOB, that tricky dick. Because you know what? He was a Quaker. So he really, he really shouldn't he didn't have, know what he was doing. He should have just been a good guy. You know, he was trying to be bad. He didn't even know how to be bad. Worst um, Quaker ever. And so, of course, these guys, the Kennedy guys were great. They had Kennedy's records filed under a false name. Oh, so good. Yeah. John yeah. Smith. Come at me now. Um, so, and you know, we all know the White House Plumbers was the name of the group who broke into the Watergate Hotel yes. to steal records from the Democratic National Committee, which I think is a great tie in also to President From last Plumbing. week. Yeah. <laughs> um, Equally as effective. So good. So, in November 1960, President Kennedy is elected in one, a very slim margin by like 100,000 votes. It's a steal, basically. Um, and from day one as president, the myth of his near perfect health was shipped by all of his staff and everybody who worked with him. But really, only a, a really small amount of people really knew the extent of his illness, like Jackie Kennedy and like a few confidants. So, it was really kept pretty tight. Um, he took up to eight medications a day while he was president. That's took painkillers for his back. He took antibiotics for urinary tract infections he was always suffering from. Antihistamines for allergies. Um, there's at least one occasion during the Cuban Missile Crisis shortly after where he took antipsychotics for a mood swing that Yeesh. really took him for a turn. Jackie thought that was brought on by antihistamines. So all these drugs are fighting each other, and then eventually his even-keeledness kind of gave out. But that only was known to have happened once, where he took those antipsychotics. Anti yeah, I mean, this quite it's quite a cocktail, and I don't know <laughs> if they understood the way that we do now about drug interactions. No. So, I mean, there's a very good chance that his life might have ended in uh, in an overdose. Yeah, absolutely. You know? 
yeah, just give me more. Um, right. He took procaine injections in his back. Um, yeah. He had he had also took testosterone to keep his weight up, and really heavy hitter Nembutals to go to sleep. Ugh. So there's a lot going on, kind of like um, Judy Garland. You've got yeah. a lot of a lot of drugs competing Michael Jackson. A lot of, a lot of these folks. A lot of cocktailing. Not yeah. great. Yeah. And so while he was president, he was seen by an allergist, an endocrinologist, a gastroenterologist, an orthopedist, a urologist, the White House doctor, Janet Travell, whose records actually are largely quoted here in this in what I'm talking about. Janet Travell's yeah. records really spell it out. Um, Admiral George Berkeley, there was always like a medical doctor of the military that's assigned to the president. Um, Max Jacobson, who's a German emigre known as Dr. Feelgood, who proffered mm -hmm. uh, amphetamines, pet He's pills. well known. Yes. So if you've ever seen like in uh, the real, uh, what is it? Uh, the, the Kennedy miniseries with um, Greg Kinnear. I didn't watch that one. I watched one that came out a hundred years ago in like the nineties, but I do mm. know they talked about that one. They yes. talked about the drug and the Kinnear one. Yeah. Yeah. They went into that big, um, that was an okay biopic, like whatever, like it was fine. Yeah. I love Greg Kinnear. Um, oh, I do too. Yeah. What's her face playing? Um, Jackie was whatever. Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. She's sucked. not who I would pick she for that. Sucked. She's not a very good actress. No, anyway, she but. stinks. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think Tom Wilkinson was was um Joseph P. Oh, I think you're right. Which I'm sure he was amazing. I'm here for him all the time. Always. You, yeah, you're British. You're playing Ben Franklin. You're playing I love <laughs> I love you so much. Um so Travell's <laughs> records, um, indicate in the first six months of Kennedy's presidency, Dr. Janet Travell, this woman doctor, uh, she says Kennedy suffers from stomach pain, colon issues, prostate problems. He has high fever, dehydration, abscesses, sleeplessness, Ooh. high cholesterol, adrenal issues, diarrhea, weight loss, abdominal pain, urinary tract infections. And no one said this man is unfit to serve. No one ever said that. The doctors were not like, hey, 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 this guy's really not well. They never said that. And why is that? I don't. I I can't offer an answer to that beyond the fact that he didn't seem to be debilitated by it. The fact that he's taking all these drugs and still able to speak on TV. You and know? never come off as like, even like nervous. Like no. it's, it's it's unbelievable that I mean that the drugs clearly did enough to keep yeah. him functioning. But Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I have you ever had a UTI, Luke? No. No. It is hell on earth. <laughs> I am terrified of the like, thought of them. You want to roll up in a ball and die on the floor. <laughs> I mean, just think he has them all the time. All the time. And he's shaking hands and he's meeting the public. And we also know that JFK, from what we can understand, he was kind of shy and that he adopted this like larger than life, like big personality to yeah. be a public figure. So he's constantly working against his body's inclinations, his mental inclinations, his body telling him to slow down. He is working against that constantly. And I was thinking about Polk. You talk about like working yourself to death, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of, you know, running Same on nerves. Thing. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's the thing too, is like you've picked <laughs> the worst job ever the hardest in terms job. of anxiety. The hardest job. And if you have all of these kinds of illnesses that obviously stress is going to affect them dramatically. You know, you have, you're going through something really difficult 
yeah, you're going to get a lot of tension in your back. So you have back problems. Your back's going to feel like shit. You're prone to, you know, you have colitis. You have some kind of problem like that. You're going to be shitting your brains out all the time Mm -hmm. from the stress. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the worst job ever. I don't understand why he wanted it. Right. We know we know the presidency ages you like at a a a power of 10. And yeah, why did he select this? Because maybe he thought he only had so many years and I might as well make the use of them. Use of them and, and my I dad mean, is the money and, you know. He makes Lincoln's health problems seem like Lincoln had a cold. Like, yeah. it's really... It's, yeah, Lincoln has a couple of bad dreams. No, I mean, not, yeah. not to trivialize, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, and it's it's also like what we know because we had the medical science at the time to document everything going yeah. on with him. Whereas we have a lot of conjecture in the 19th he century. He had medical we records. Really. Yeah, and we have a lot yeah. of like, oh, he may have had pleurisy. He may have had this, right. like, you know, because we can make guesses. But they're like, no, the best thing about Dr. Travell is that she kept a record of all the drugs that were put into him. Good job, Doc. Oh, my God. Okay, so... Now in the in the 1961 or so, some of the aides are concerned that his mobility would decline. That's the biggest concern: is that his back and his ability to walk is the biggest concern. Because <laughs> his bones are literally disintegrating. <laughs> so now he's going upstairs one at a time. Now if oh, the ca- if the camera's on him, he's like jogging up the stairs like a son of a bitch, like a crazy person. But if oh. he, if if there's no cameras, he's like eh, 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 going up the stairs, and he actually oh. is recommended to exercise. And he's like, oh, fine, I'll do it. So he starts swimming in the White House pool and starts to exercise in the gym at the White House. And apparently his health began to improve. By 1962, late 62, doctors are saying he's in the best shape <laughs> of for him <laughs> that he's been in, in a long time. <laughs> Beginning to build up strength in his abdominal muscles and his back, which he needs to, it's keep, so important. to, keep, to keep his core yeah. up and, er- and erect. Um and we know that Kennedy wore a back brace, basically like a yeah. really like a corset, essentially that would keep yeah. him keep him together. Um, so by October '62, the Cuban Missile Crisis happens, which is the biggest crisis of his presidency, oh, yeah. where we have Soviet weapons in Cuba, which are you know about 90 miles from Florida, which could could wreak havoc in the Cold War. Um, it's a huge problem. 13 days in October, America's on the brink of nuclear war. Um, and Kennedy remains lucid, despite the fact that he's taking more drugs because he's so much more stressed out. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, doctor, give me more, Dr. Max, give me more of those, uh, you know, injections. Oh, oh. hey, <laughs> Get me 10 <laughs> cases of Imodium. More CCs, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> It just becomes Mayor Quimby, and I know Mayor Quimby is based <laughs> on Kennedy. So it's fine. They're, it's good. They're it's interchangeable. A, they are. Um, yeah. So you know this idea that uh, in life Kennedy often quoted his favorite poem, which was apparently "I had a rendezvous with death," which is a poem by Alan Seeger. Um, it's believed that he thrived on crisis. Um, I believe the presidential podcast that we love talks about this. Yeah. The idea that he's bouncing from crisis to crisis, whether it's personal crisis, professional crisis, that's how he lives. That's Some how, that's, people that, are like that. That's how he does it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not my favorite thing. And but. maybe it's an adrenaline thing too, like you were saying before. I think he was an addictive personality, which again gets to I the, get that in- the sexual addict th- theory and like a yeah, lot of other things. That being a Lothario in, in spite of the fact that like you, it must have been in constant pain. Yeah. Like, but yeah, but I like how this feels. So I'll put myself through these horrible things to yes. do what I need to do to feel better. I yeah. could just sit here or I could uh, invite uh, Miss Marilyn over here to uh, <laughs> keep me warm. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um. So he was he was putting on a deception, right, mm-hmm. to the American people. He was lying. He was actively concealing. But 
a lot of his more sycophantic biographers like Robert Dalek um, would say that it's courageous what he was doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that he is, you know, pushing through and it bespeaks a power of his character, which, you know, I think is cool, a good way to look at it, but also let's be honest. That's this selfish. Guy, this guy was there because he was privileged. Incredibly so. Incredibly, incredibly privileged. And there's really not another way to slice it. And when he was elected, people were like, these goddamn corrupt Kennedys. Yeah. His father was a rum runner. You know, he, they were, you know, his father was also a crazy talk about a Lothario, Joseph P. Um, you know, he was a he was a, a low-level ambassador. A he was a gangster, low-level yeah. ambassador for, for FDR, you know, in the in mm -hmm. the 40s to, to the UK. They're climbers, they're trying to climb. He's he has a foot in Hollywood, he's like trying to make everything work. They're seen as these uppity upstart. Irish trash. Um, yeah, because they've got that, like, you know, that Catholic hatred combined yes. with the Irish racism thing against them. And yeah. so, but to get to the place that he's gotten, he's done all of the horrible stereotype <laughs> Irish thing. Yes. And all the terrible American things. And all the um, terrible American things. Yeah. And, you know, Kennedy's life is ultimately cut short by Lee Harvey Oswald, an assassin's bullet, November 22nd, 1963. Kennedy is shot at Dealey oh, Plaza. Oh, really? That is happened. that what you think happened? <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've gone through the, I've gone through the uh, evolution on that. When I was younger, I, before conspiracy theories were, you know, very popular in terms of the modern era, I was mm -hmm. really into the idea of, uh, of, of, of the grassy knoll and everything. Oh, well, when I was a kid, uh, the movie JFK came out. Hugely so influential. That was a problem. Because oh, yeah. that was formative for me. So I thought it was true. Yeah. So did most of America, and they still do. It's a problem. It and that really was is. 1991. I think so. And that was a major, and talk about like the sins of cinematic history. So That's I actually one. love that movie because as a movie, it is so good. It's a great movie. It is so yeah. well done. It is so suspenseful. It's got Newman from Seinfeld. It's got what else you want? I love that that's the first person you name, not Kevin Tom, Costner. Kevin Costner, who I love. Tommy Lee Jones, who I absolutely adore in that movie. It's really good. Tommy Lee Jones as this gay. And you picked Wayne Knight. I love Wayne Knight. And I absolutely love, um, oh my God, Joe Pesci in that movie. It is so good. Oh, yeah. You asking about me? You asking who killed Kennedy? You want to know? You want to know who holy enchilada? I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> Kevin Bacon as a, as a queen in jail. Whoo. It's a good movie. Mm -hmm. You a good looking man, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> you better it's call good, me when I get out of here. It's a good movie, but uh, do not rely on it for accuracy. <laughs> no, it is the worst cinematic history ever. Um, what's interesting about what happens in Dallas, allegedly, is that Kennedy <laughs> is shot twice. He is shot in yeah. the back, the first wound, and then he's finally shot in the head, as we all know from the Zapruder film, very, very horrible, gory horrible. wound that happens yeah. there. And so people believe that because Kennedy was wearing his back brace, he was actually kept erect after the first bullet struck him. Anybody else would have slumped over. So the back brace kept him upward, which allowed Lee Harvey Oswald to reload and fire again. Get a shot to the head. Um, yeah. Shot to the head. So 
Kennedy's life, I think, is it's a it's a, what's amazing to me is that it's a thousand days. A thousand days is the presidency of JFK, and it is arguably one of the most consequential in terms of the what ifs, the potential, yeah, and the image of the president that he creates. He creates the TV president. He creates a celebrity president. He also creates inadvertently a beautiful model president of health, even though it was all bullshit. Um, oh, as yeah. we now know. Young, vibrant, yeah. full of life. Yeah. All presidents are judged gone again. too soon. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's like, did he even have a couple more years in him? I don't That's know. the thing. You know, could he have made it past 50? I don't think so. I don't know. He was you know, deteriorating really rapidly from everything you've said. I think he would have ended up like in a wheelchair in like his second term. Yeah. Unable and to move. And that's the thing, like you already talked about, FDR could still hide it in some ways. I don't, how could, with television, how could you hide that? No. No, how could you walk to a podium? Because that was Kennedy's big thing too, is his his press conferences were like legendary, where he's going yeah. to the podium and he's like shooting back, you know, fiery repartee. And he's got this big ass smile. And there's like- yeah. A- Never, never a frown, never a wince. Apparently, some people would say, like, in the campaign, there were moments at the end of the day where he would, like, collapse into a chair and his eyes would roll and you would see a flicker of the pain. Mm. But there are very few instances where people ever admit or acknowledge or just say they saw him suffer. He knew how to be on. How the hell could you do that? Like, I, like, I get a, I get, like, a splinter in my thumb. I'm bereft. I'm calling out of work. I can't do anything. I'm a big baby. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I'm like, yeah, nope, can't do it. Call a priest. Call a priest. This is it. I am deceased. Um, This finger is dead to me. So (laughs) it gives us pause about the life that we're given, whether you come from a rich family or you, uh, you know, are not like most of us, you know, what do we do with the time we're given? And the fact that Kennedy was able to do so much and inspire so many, including Clinton and Biden and so many other presidents who have come since were inspired by the message of Kennedy for public service, his call yeah. to action, the Peace Corps, dedicating themselves just to a higher power and literally kind of sacrificing themselves to do it. Was there ego? Absolutely. Of course. You know, all politicians have You can't ego. be president and not have an ego because how would you believe in yourself enough to get to that point how in the world (laughs) yeah i should say that the medical records of president were actively guarded by the family and by confidant of the president for decades after his death Mm. and only around 2002 did a lot of these records become public and actually what happened was a lot of these scholars got together and they all kind of agreed they're like, yes, we should examine these things because yeah. they were kind of giving up the ghost of like, we're going to kind of let the cult of personality go. And for the sake of the historical record to better understand the man, we will examine this. And so for many of them, it just reified their love of him. Right. They didn't interpret it no. as like this guy had the world in his hands and he could have just fucking died at any second. He was playing with fire. Right. And, talk and they about look the- at it as he oh, was so brave, so brave. What a brave man. The Cuban Missile Crisis, real high stakes. And I think it's hard for us to understand it because we didn't live through it. I mean, there's things that I could compare to in my own lifetime, but not that. I mean, no. not that exactly. That's, that's absolutely beyond terrifying. I think the closest we could come is the days after 9-11 where we didn't know what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. But like, besides that, I mean, Jesus Christ, because nuclear war is the end. Yes, there's no surviving. <laughs> this is the it. end. <laughs> yeah, but presidents live up to, have to live up to this impossible standard of health that yeah. we that we impose on them. You know, we we kind of deny them their humanity. You know, you could argue. Well, um, I mean, in these last 
two presidencies, it's been all about, you know, talking about their age and being obsessed with their health and, oh, that one's, that one looks like he's uncomfortable or this one's doing that. Oh, he's stuttering. Oh, he didn't make sense the other day. Like, you know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. it is an obsession. And I think that is where it's so surprising <laughs> that the youngest president was probably the sickest president. The least healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. You know, he was, he, you could see he was a duplicitous politician. You know, I he mean, was more than just a duplicitous politician from everything I've heard. Real schemer. He also had this like eye on history, which, yeah. you know, people often think about. And he was quoted in 1959. Kennedy was asked point blank about his Addison's disease. Mm. And Kennedy apparently said, no one who has the real Addison's disease should run for the presidency. But I do not have it. Oh, my God. How conniving brilliant is that? Because they had to admit that he had some kidney issues. They had, That's as much as they admitted. They admitted he had some kidney deficiency. So they're like, okay, let's say your, your adrenal glands are supposed to produce whatever amount of, you know, corticosterone, you know. He's, he's about, he's 10% he's under. He should make more. He's taking supplements as opposed to he's chronically not making any of these of these hormones. Yeah, that at some point in his lifetime he would be on dialysis or need transplants and all these other things, right? Ridiculous. Yeah, so he is well aware of the stakes and well aware of the how irresponsible this is. <laughs> reputation of these illnesses. So he would never say I have the real Addison's disease. He would go out of his way to say, "Oh, well, if I did, I would never run." Just very savvy, very manipulative, you know, <sighs> it's, it's, it's tough to deal with. It's, it's complicated. And I think that's what Kennedy was trying to avoid this complication, but yeah. how in the world would he think that that information could be sealed away forever? You know, <sighs> it's only totally our access to information. He didn't know the internet was coming, but our access to information is only going. <sighs> well, um, as a rich boy, I yeah. think he just thought that daddy will take care of it. Daddy will take care of it. Yeah. 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 He always we'll did shred, before. We'll, we'll shred it all before they build my library and all will be good. Which, folks, if you're going to experience the life of President Kennedy, there is no better place than the Kennedy Presidential Library in Boston, which is an amazing place. Um, I've never been. Oh, it's great. I should. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I haven't ball. been to Boston in a few years, but that would be great. It's a hoot. Um, it's a hoot. It's a hoot. <laughs> That's Hit. your version of a hoot. <laughs> It really is. There's a picture of me like in the there's a, I'm wearing my Kennedy T-shirt in the in the in the library. I'm wearing a Kennedy campaign hat. I like bought buttons. It's very incriminating. Um, You're such a fucking nerd. Yep. And like I when I because I lived in Boston in the Boston area one summer for a job, and uh, I went to the his birthplace, which is in Brookline, which is still oh. there. So that's cute. You that's can see fun, that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've never been to the sixth floor depository in Dallas. No, thanks. Yeah. You know, that's for the, for the assassination site. Um, but I would say that the presidential library does a great job of showing his complete history. Also, their website is incredible. They yeah. have things like Dr. Travell's oral history or transcribed. They awesome. have amazing public programs, um, which are all online and virtual. They're a really great organization, part of the National Archives, um, one of the more active presidential libraries. So I'd really recommend that. But there's very few places one could go. Famously, after Kennedy was killed, his brain went missing after the autopsy. <laughs> we, all, we all know he's buried uh, at Arlington Cemetery. You can yes. pay your respects to the, the, to the fallen president there. There are numerous monuments to Kennedy all around the place in the most oh, strange I mean, high school. There's a wonderful him. airport that I've been to many <laughs> times here in New York. <laughs> 
<laughs> and apparently he went to um he went to a lot of New York City hospitals in his career in his life. Well, so mean, he spent a lot of the best of time, hospitals are here. So that's a lot sense. of time in a New York hospital ward. Um makes sense. So this has been the difficult medical history of uh one of my favorite presidents, JFK. So nuts. And I really love how it's very common. I'm sure all of you have heard these conspiracies before about comparing Kennedy and Lincoln and all of the no. overlap with them and stuff like that. And I think you doing both of their bodies. bodies. I mean, <laughs> we could call this Kennedy's body if you wanted to, because it really is just yes. another version of Lincoln's body. It really is. It really is. But yeah, it's it's interesting that we've had other presidents with a variety of maladies. But yeah, just not to keep harping on it, but the youngest guy was the sickest guy. And mm -hmm. you're completely right. Like what a, what an incredible seat of privilege mm -hmm. to anyone middle-class or poor would have been dead probably, let alone been able to be president. <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. You know, it's what, man, money can take you far in this fucking country. <laughs> yeah. And like, he wouldn't have been able to serve. He no. wouldn't have become a war hero. He no. wouldn't have been able to probably power through these academic experiences. You'd be kicked out. You'd be kicked out of a public school. Like, you know, you, there'd be no accommodation for you. No. And what's also amazing is that, you know, his privilege buys him what the Kennedy family would fight for in terms of like Special Olympics and awareness for people with disabilities, you know, years later in yes. memory of Ro in memory of Rosemary and others fighting really hard for American with Disabilities Act. That's a really powerful strain in the Kennedy mystique yes. is this like respect for people with disabilities um, mm -hmm. because they were able to afford great treatments that hurt many of their children, but were seen as the best money could buy. Um, yeah. Whereas I mean, that's the risk you cracks. take. Yeah. That's the risk you take. You are on the cutting edge of science means it's not necessarily tried and tested and no. ready to roll, but it's more about, we have this horrible, horrible illness, this current situation. We have to do whatever it takes to get Jackie boy into the white house. That's right. But whatever it takes. And I was reminded of, Oof. I believe, I believe Trump had some pretty sh shady health disclosures. He had some pretty quacky, he had some quacky ass doctor. Like quacky ass he, doctor. He, yeah. was, he was totally healthy as son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, and it so was it like, goes on. it was written in the way that Trump talks. <laughs> if His health recall. is magnificent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendously healthy man. I've never met a healthier man. Yes. Many His people say is... he's not healthy. He's actually very healthy. <laughs> His health is huge. <laughs> His hair is perfect. <laughs> it's 100% his. It's real. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, um, but it's it's yeah, that's exactly right though. It's about image, super, superhuman, being a being exceptional in every way. Yes, right, right. Which is so funny because we we always talk about the presidency is like, oh, you're just like one of us, but they never really are. No, no. and we <laughs> never really, really know. Are. We never really know them. Not really. We never really know them completely. No. And that's really interesting. You said exceptional because yeah. Kennedy was this real. You could argue he was maybe a, a believer in American exceptionalism itself as our country, but he mm -hmm. also was a believer in peace because he had seen the horrors of war. And he was like, yeah. we, sh we should not be spreading democracy, air quotes, by fiat and by war. Like, So the big thing with Oliver Stone, he's trying to push this idea that Kennedy was killed by the military because Kennedy right. wanted to end the war in Vietnam. Kennedy isn't killed. <laughs> pull out of Vietnam. We all live happily ever after, right? That's the idea. 
And I think the idea for many people living in our modern era is that we're living in an alternate reality where we all want to go to that timeline where Kenny's alive. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I think this, I mean, this is a whole other episode, just what what the Vietnam War did to this country is, Mm -hmm. it's inescapable. It's, folks, it's the reason why there are conspiracy theories constantly now, because it destroyed our relationship with our government. Yeah. It just it's true. did. It's true. So it w- wasn't really like this ever before, <laughs> but we were lied no. to a lot, and that's and it's gonna fuck you up. But yeah, we can do we can we can do a whole conspiracy if you really want to go down that. Yeah, no, <laughs> the the, the American love of conspiracies is so fascinating. Um, it's hard. It's very frustrating, but yeah, it persists. It persists. It sure does. Well, thank you. I shouldn't even be thanking you. You should be thanking me because I know you just want to talk about. <laughs> Thank you for listening to all of these morbidities for the last hour. This was such fun. Um, We have more fun in store for you for the month of February in honor of our beloved chief executives of the United States. So excited. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Morbid Museum podcast. Please remember to rate and subscribe to the Morbid Museum wherever you listen to podcasts. Please remember to rate and to leave us a review. Please follow us on social media at the Morbid Museum on Instagram and on TikTok. And now you can become an official Morbuddy patron via Patreon. Please support us. It's only $3 a month to get all kinds of exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. Until next time. We'll see you again for another gallery talk inside the Morbid Museum. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, my fellow Americans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Cut.